Hello and welcome to the very first, the inaugural, the pilot episode of Redefining the Geek. We are the podcast that is trying very hard to bring our passions, the things that we geeked out about, the things that we think are super cool, even as we are in our, our middle ages now. We're trying to bring those to you. Along the way, we hope we bring you along as well. And we hope you introduce us to topics just like we are going to introduce you to topics. I am Tom Wilcox. I am one of your co-hosts. And right beside me is... Hey, this is Chad Vick, your other co-host. Yep, we're a couple middle-aged bald men who like to talk about things that 12-year-olds love. Yes. Well, I guess some of the things are, are well beyond the 12-year-olds, but for the most part. So, you know, Chad, what's kind of interesting as we, as we grab our first beer for the day and we look at it, I'm going to tell you that this is not the first time we've recorded this episode. It's true. It's true. Uh, this is actually number three, third time's a charm. First time, uh, I wasn't feeling the vibe that uh, I had laid down, so I requested uh, a redo, and then... We had some microphone issues. So. Second time we had microphone issues. So we've actually progressed quite a ways into our podcast uh, recordings, but we wanted to release a true episode one uh, as our first episode. So we're going to re-record this to be our, our flagship release. Yeah. So because of that, uh, you know, in, a, in an episode or two, they're going to hear about our, our, our geekdom for beer. Yes, sir. Uh, but we do have a tradition, and we're going to keep it here for our first episode, where we crack a beer and uh you know we 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 expound upon the geekdom of beer in each and every episode so um, i brought this one today so this is a new belgium and if, if for those fat tire drinkers out there you'll know the brewery new belgium this is a voodoo ranger but it's not the traditional voodoo ranger this is the juicy haze ipa so it's an ipa it's in the new england style the juicy hazy style we're gonna crack that and we're gonna give it a go well <clears throat> It's uh, as billed. It's uh, luscious, kind of puts a little blanket on your tongue. Yeah. Um, fruity. It's definitely fruity. A little bit of. Um, it's not nearly as hot forward. Like if you right. drink, if you've drank Voodoo Ranger, the, yeah, it's very hot forward. Yeah. It bites you a little bit more. I think I don't know, but I think it's probably more in the West Coast IPA uh, model. Yeah, it says brewed with spice, but it doesn't say which ones yeah i think it's delicious yeah yeah so hop ranger was like one of those first i would say the ipa craze kind of came out of the fact that the style lends to a lot of experimentation and a lot of master um home brewers made the jump to establishing themselves in like the craft and micro around that time i think we're I don't know, time gets fragmented for me, but 11, 12 years ago, I mean, IPAs were relatively underwhelming and, you know, there was some well-known national ones and there was a few, I mean, even a man of Millstream had the Iowa Pale Ale a long yep. time ago. So, but from where it was then to where it is now is, you know, light years. And then it seems like every other day there's some new ipa that's uh trying to push the boundaries and i would say unfortunately i think that the ipa craze is kind of oh what do you want to say getting close to jumping the shark or mm. I think it's ran its course or oversaturation of the market i wouldn't say it's <clears throat> run its course you know because you there's exceptional ones there is exceptional ones for sure but i think that the like lower to mid-range stuff it just gets you know, it's just watered down. Like, well, I, yeah, here's how I look at it. I think every brewery raced to produce two or three IPA variants, right? And I think they're doing it to stay up with the Joneses, so to speak. But sure. what they've really done is not separated themselves at all. So I think what's going to happen, and you've seen it with some, you're going to see regional breweries start to differentiate themselves by not being an IPA first brewery. Right. And I think that's a good thing. It's healthy. I like all beers. I happen to really like these juicy IPAs yeah, right now. Yeah, me too. But... I mean, it's uh, it's good stuff. I'm not uh, like I said. There are definite high quality brews out there, but I think there's a lot of stuff that I, I'm not going to name names or anything of any breweries. But sometimes I get one and I'm just like, eh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I spent six bucks on that. You know, for yep. like a whatever twelve ouncer at the at the tap handle. It's just like. It is what it is, though. You know, it's that, that fun experience to, like, 
kind of see what's out there. Yeah, well, so. they are certainly interesting to drink. They certainly do creative things with with this little niche of the beer world, and I will probably continue to be a fan, but I, I do reach out and, and try all different sorts of things. Yeah, so, so beer is going to be part of our jam. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, so I guess that's fair warning to anybody listening. We are, uh, you know, wide in our geekdoms, but one that we will probably dip pretty deep into is going to be beer and pretty regularly. Yes. So. Yes, sir. All right. So, hey, uh, lots of stuff going on in the world. And I know one of the episodes that we recorded recently is going to speak um, at depth uh, to some of those things going on in the world. But, uh, you know, let's talk NFL playoffs real quick because your team had a great NFL playoff. Mine did not. Yeah, I know. My wife was like, gosh, you just seem kind of ho-hum. And I'm like, eh, they won, you know, but I wanted to see like a 33 point just you know make a statement and i'm not real thrilled at the prospect of playing the winner of your game who uh is the tampa bay buccaneers who defeated the washington football team uh yeah you never really uh, i always see that it's it's just tough to beat a three uh, you know tampa and new orleans are in the same division saints beat them twice already it's tough to beat a team three times in a row and especially when they got the goat, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I fi- I finally have come around. I I've always been Peyton Manning was better, and I believe that. You know, I believe if the uh, the ability to hold up w- would have been equal, I think Peyton Manning was yeah. as good as Tom Brady. But man, it's hard to argue now. Yeah. I mean, he. I thought he was a system quarterback. Same. Uh, I thought Belichick was the one to give all the credit to. Same. And I... certainly the first like four games of this year, you would have said. I, I was spot on. Yeah, but he he's had a tremendous year. Got his got his wits about him and just went off. Yep, and he's been hit more than he's ever been hit, and he's I mean, still the the Washington defense like the fourth ranked defense in the NFL, and he he shredded him a little I, bit. I think we were the second ranked, at least in the second half of the season. Yeah. Maybe maybe overall it was fourth, but yeah, we were good. Chase Young couldn't get to him, and uh, uh, he talked a lot of smack. A little yeah. pre, pre- I'm a big smack. I'm a big fan of Chase Young. I I like the way he plays and. I, I thought he was a big man for going over to Tom Brady at the end of that game and yeah. congratulating him and saying, yeah. "Hey, I just wanted you to know I was, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan and I think you're the best ever and you know right. I just wanted to raise my game to yours. I mean I, that is classy and yeah. Um, he he also never backed down from those statements. He, right. You know he was he he was genuine in it. So I thought that was cool. But yeah, I mean lots of surprises. Uh, Seattle. With Russell Wilson uh, falling to the did Rams. See, did you see the look on Pete Carroll's face? Oh, it's like he couldn't believe it. Uh, he, it's like it's a bad dream to him. It was like, I don't, I was not prepared for this. Like, he didn't <laughs> just have any any kind of anything about him. Yeah. But good, because I, I don't like to see well, I, I, Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I like them, but they've won. They've had their time in the yeah, yeah. sun, yeah, so to speak. But. I was just stunned when when Wofford uh, took that hit, went off on an, in an ambulance. I'm like, this is it. They're done. Uh, Jared Goff has like three or four pins in his thumb. Yeah. And his throwing thumb. Yeah. How could he possibly play, right? Well, he did. And they uh able to dink and dunk it the rest of the game. And I mean, he, he wasn't particularly accurate, but somehow Seattle was even worse. I think it cost him Cooper Cup, though. I think he got, uh, he, he got an ankle injury, but they think he's going to play. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll I don't see. know. Aaron Donald was the bigger loss. Yeah. Like if, yeah. Yeah. If, if he's I just, not bad. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully the Saints can find a way. So who? So you play Tampa. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon. Yeah, dude, Bills Mafia. Yep. I, I would love to see them steamroll through it. And I think they have, let's see, who did they play? They play Kansas City? No, they play. I better uh, look this up. I'm not sure. I saw the graphic this morning, but... I think the Bills have Kansas City. Yep. Really? Yep. And then... It's just going to be... Oh, no. This is really confusing. No. The Bills have... I see. The brackets are not the way you would think they would be. Sure. The Bills have the Ravens. Yeah, that's what it was. And Kansas City has the Browns. Okay. That makes more sense. Gosh. It's just going to be a Chiefs... Packers Super Bowl. Well, it sure feels that way. But I would love to see a Bills Browns game. AFC Championship. Championship. I think that would just be awesome. And I would love, honestly, I'd love to see Saints Bills Super Bowl. 
uh, yeah, I do Saints Bills. I definitely sick. want the Saints to beat the Buccaneers. I'm indifferent on the Packers and the Rams. I don't like particularly either team. I just the Packers. I I just I don't. I mean, I hate them. I mean, I didn't want to say it. it's a strong word. It's a strong word. I went to my first NFL game ever at Lambeau Field. Oh, really? Yeah, so been cold. on the frozen tundra. It was the second to last game of the year. Oh wow! It was Yikes. against the Raiders. It was so cold that you had to break a hole in the ice of your foam of your beer to take a drink. Wow! And by the time you're ready to take another drink, it was already frozen over, so you had to poke through the wow. through the slush again. And honestly, I made it like halfway through the second quarter and I went back to the hotel because it was, I didn't have any kind of emotional investment. I was a yeah. Saints fan back then. I just went because a couple broads were like, hey, we got some tickets. <laughs> All right, let's party. And oh, I was, would love to see. That was I'd brutal. Love to see a, that was brutal. That was brutal. A game at Lambeau. But I've also never... they had arguably two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game for like 25 years and they got two Super Bowls out of that run. Pathetic. They've got, uh, they have a list of accomplishments in terms of like uh, NFC championships and stuff, though. Yeah, they do. They do, for sure. I don't know if I can get there with pathetic with you, but I do see, I do see them as waste, a waste, a waste. They could have, yeah, there's talent, there's definitely been talent there that didn't get those. Should have been dynasty teams like, oh, really? The last like six years for the Packers, like they should, they should have won another since their last one. They should have won at least another one, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think Aaron Rodgers is arguably like number two or three all time quarterback. I mean, he's he's, up there, man. I mean, I just watching him play. I, uh, the wife's a Bears fan, and we watched that Bears. Packers game and you know it was tight for a little bit but the kid just throws a laser beam he rolls out he puts the ball like on the outside shoulder he like does everything perfect and <laughs> he it looks like he doesn't even break a sweat most of the time yeah. you know it's uh you just hate to he, he, uh, if you ever really want to get frustrated go look up Aaron Rodgers highlights from his high school career and yeah. he, you know he was not recruited by any D1 colleges so he went to like Butte College yeah. for a year and then got uh, recruited by California out of Butte College. But he sounded like Aaron Rodgers of the NFL when he was in high school. Right. When he when he would like give a interview and he he had skills that I've never seen in a high school quarterback when he was when he was in high school. I mean, he yeah. he he rolled out and threw on the run in high school. Uh darts, you know, not yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, he's, an, know, he's yeah. an amazing kind of once in a lifetime player in my mind. I mean, yeah, just... man, <clears throat> that that kind of reminds me of another player like that, Allen Iverson. Yeah, the basketball player. Sure. Watch his high school highlight reels. He was cousins with Michael Vick and Aaron Brooks. Oh, I didn't the know Saints. that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and they, I saw an interview on ESPN years and years ago, and they both interviewed Brooks and Vick, and they said, "Out of all three of you guys, who's the best?" And they're like, Iverson, no questions asked. And then they cut to these highlight reels that are insane. Like, well, I know Michael Jordan's famous for saying he's glad he was short. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially he's saying, yeah, he's a, he was as skilled, yeah. uh, you know, athletic as I am, yeah, but he, he, he was shorter. He's one of the great, I feel sad for him for not getting some hardware like the championship, you know. Well, like, he, he was in his way quite a bit. Yeah. He, he couldn't get himself, yeah. he couldn't get out of his way. Even in college. Yeah. Yep. And High school, pe- even. Yeah. And people came out of the woodwork to try to help him. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Thompson, uh, George Thompson, not Tom- George Thompson. Anyway, the the famous Georgetown coach, um, um, last name uh, Thomas. Thomas. Sorry. I just yeah, can't. No, no, Thompson. It's all good. Coach Thompson. But anyway, he, I mean, he went and said, hey, I can make something out of this kid. He's a good kid at heart, which I believe he is. And, uh, you know, Iverson couldn't really make it there, and yeah, yeah. it couldn't handle the authority, right? And then he goes to the Sixers, an amazing talent, score at will, right? But couldn't really <laughs> handle the together. authority, yeah. and and yeah. when you do that, you alienate your own teammates, sure. And so you create a division, even though you're great, you your teammates don't really want to, right? You know, yeah, yeah, put yeah. in the work. So it, it's too bad, but yeah, he was amazing. And honestly, he was amazing right up until he retired. I mean, I he he lost certainly a step, but for him losing a step, sure, he, he was still leaving other people behind, right? right, right. So yeah, let's see. Other in other news, yeah, sports. <laughs> um, you know, we have all of this uh, 
drama around the last days of President Trump, which as we are recording this, he has nine days left. Yeah. You know, we were, what, four or five days removed from the the capital siege, so to speak. And there's still this call for removing Trump from office early, which I think is a little silly at this point. Not, Come on, nine yeah. days. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't like to see him gone. And right. I want to make that clear. Like, I would rather he be gone. But I think what that does is defocuses, A, the incoming president from doing the things he needs to do. But also... Ref- defocuses the Congress from doing the things that they need to do right now. Namely, things like uh, responding to the threat of organized cyber warfare from yeah. our, you know, our enemies abroad and uh, ratifying the selections for cabinet for Biden and making sure that this coronavirus has a more thoughtful and complete approach, both in terms of vaccination and getting vaccines out there but also in terms of making sure our small businesses and citizens don't fail due to a lack of of viable jobs and in economic factors right yeah yeah uh i i'm right there with you um also nine days uh, isn't it going to take longer to get the job done yeah when i said that someone commented oh but his pension and all of it like that even matters anymore. We're right. like three hundred trillion dollars in debt. And we're buying six hundred dollar hammers from ourselves, and yeah. you know, like I, whatever free money they're giving him is not going to make a difference. Yeah. It's I, largely I'm unclear. Do, do you really not get? I mean, it's what is it like a hundred eighty thousand or something? It's not a lot of money. I mean, it is a lot of money. Yeah. Like I would take that for a salary. Sure, Don't get me sure. wrong. But in terms of the U.S. economy, oh yeah, the government I mean, coffers, yeah. I mean, it's just, it doesn't even, it's just put it on the tab. Yeah. So let's hope we move forward peacefully. Let's yeah. hope we, let's hope that, uh, you know, all of the crazies got it out of their system or I got saw, arrested. I, honestly, I saw more calls to craziness and then they're being further radicalized because this app called Parler. Parler. Yeah, it's which, like a, it's like a, yeah, it's, uh, it's like a hardcore right wing yeah, Facebook or something. Uh, yeah. I mean. All these folks are getting banned or censored on Twitter. Sure. Which, you know, Twitter was sort of the main communication branch that that Trump had. And and so they all moved to Parler and everybody caught wind of this. Like, I had no idea. I didn't know Parler existed. But I caught wind of it, you know, through the media. And Amazon removed it from their store. Apple removed it from their store. I think Google has now removed it from their store. Silencing free speech. Well, it's not because, and this is a common, this is a common misperception. Uh, it's like the Constitution is between you and your government. Right. It is not between you and private business. So. So does that beg the question of monopoly if they have no platform to? It, it does. So here's what I would say: sell their product or whatever it is. I'm it, not one I, way or another. Yeah, I don't yeah. even you know. Here's the here's the piece that I really like. The sort of the the meme that is floating around right now and that's the reason why you can't argue or not you in particular but people can't argue with parlor being taken down from amazon and instagram is because that same far right group supported <laughs> bakeries not making gay cakes Oof, yeah <laughs> I, I did see that i did and see it, that. it's exa- it's exactly it's a it's spot on that is a spot on thing and, and like i've always told you chad is i am conservative uh with you know from a financial perspective i'm financially conservative i like to think of myself as a you know a teddy roosevelt conservative but i am much more aligned with the left on a bunch of social issues i want my gay friends to be able to own guns and get married and that's exactly right like when when you look at the way the far right and i do call them the far right i still think they're a fringe element it is it's so, a magnification of a bunch of lunatics, yeah. and then it it, e- it makes it easier to uh, destabilize any kind of person who's associated with any other element of that. Yeah, I, I I believe that the, it's it's all that fringe element, and I do believe they're being called out on their own hypocrisy right now, and yes. I think it's a good thing. Uh, I do love the comparisons to the Black Lives Matters movement uh, in comparison to the riots at the Capitol because my kids 
um, were marching in Iowa City. Uh, They're marching to be a part of the moment and because they did believe that there is inequity in the world. And they're marking, marching in the general direction of I-80 and in, in rubber pellets and gas were used on that crowd. And these people were breaking the windows and defiling the Capitol, and those measures were not taken in any meaningful way against them. So you think it, there were agent provocateurs at foot? Boy, I certainly have heard that narrative. Um, you know, the, the narrative internet... has a negative connotation. I'm just asking for the sake of who knows? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, but I do know that a lot of the the big images that we've seen those people have been hunted down yeah. by the internet sleuths of the world and, yeah. and proven to be you know very much what's up with the QAnon shaman that yeah. guy's like okay so <laughs> I heard my... he's Canadian yeah yeah so he's like I as soon as that came out I saw like all like somebody was like saw this guy at a convention in New Mexico and it's like that guy there like he he's just about you know like I, that guy he has a future. I think he's gonna be the he's gonna be the, like one of the next big stars. I felt at times like watching that. I felt like the movie, The Running Man, not the remake, the original, the original Arnold version, Arnold you know, with, yeah, sure. with Richard Dawson. I yeah. I feel like QAnon Shaman could be like a a Running Man combatant <laughs> contestant. You contestant. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I do think that he has a certain. Uh, charisma and, and ambition that could be channeled in a different way to be way more productive. Yeah. Sure, but whose side is he really on? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, who, who knows? <laughs> I I have a hard time believing that there was a large contingent of plants in there that were organized enough to get that entire crowd to go do things that they wanted them to do. I sure. really do. I think that's I think that's a little uh, a little too fringe conspiracy sure. for me. I think that. The majority of those people, the vast majority of those people would have been happy protesting in a relatively peaceful and quiet way had Trump and Holly and Trump Jr. not stirred them up. Right. I mean, it was a call to come to the Capitol. It was not a it was not an accident that those people ended up there. Sure. And it, to me, it's just a it's another Never underestimate the stupidity of people in large groups. groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. They... And I again, if you look at the, those groups, though, the 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 number that of that group that actually breached the Capitol sure. is still yet a smaller number of right, people, right? Right. Most of them were pretty content to mill around the outside. Yeah, of the I Capitol. saw some pictures of like some like elderly women. I know and it's I crazy. Like, I was like, stormed the Capitol, huh? LOL. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they were taking. I saw them like taking selfies yeah, yeah. with their husband and stuff. I right. mean, they're they're clear. They're clearly not. You know the violent sure, segment. Sure. Of, they might be the Karens of the world, right? They're, they, they're lingerers or clinger honors. Yeah, yeah. They're they're fringe of the fringe. Yeah, and I've noticed that you know a lot of people are paying the price for you know when they're going to hunt them down mercilessly oh. and make them. You have you have uh, defiled a, an entity with unlimited sources, yeah, resources right. to pursue. Yeah, in the I mean like. Reddit alone is an army of people oh willing, willing to spend their time hunting you down. Reddit is, yeah, you better not piss off the Reddit community. And it, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. There's some local restaurants that tried some shady stuff and Reddit flamed them like so oh, really? bad. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that off yeah, mic. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think it's, I think the, the one thing that I will say that other I think other people maybe are still too much in the moment to maybe realize this. I think this might be a ultimately a good thing for our nation in terms of it snapped a lot of people back to reality. So, for instance, um, I, I can tell you there's people that we are friends with on Facebook who were ardent Trump supporters. Like, yeah. he could do no wrong. This was he could do wrong. And this snapped them back to the middle in my in, you know from my perspective. I think also... You know, lots of people who were quiet, maybe didn't agree with Trump, but were relatively quiet, have stood up and said, this is wrong, and we need to find our way back to compromise, agreement, unity. Uh, and certainly we saw that in, the, in the, both the House and the Senate. Lots of people backed away from hard Trump positions that they were forced into by Trump. Yeah. And I think that's all healthy. Um, so we need to get through nine days, and we need to find a return to some sense of normalcy in this country. Right, right. That's my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get back to being able to complain about the government in peace. Sure. Without a bunch of other people out there yelling with me. I mean, I just want to have my own my own angry core of the world. I don't need a bunch of people to support it. 
Absolutely. So, well, here, Chad, I think we should move on. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think we should uh, move to the sort of the meat of today's. The meat. Uh, you know, we we dug into not just in, today, the whole yeah we, the whole thing. Yeah, right? we dug into the current events a little deep. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break and then let's return and and do some talking. All right, through the magic of the internet, we are back. And Chad, we have a, I don't know how it magically uh, appeared in front of us. We have another beer that we can crack. Yep. This is a Founders Unraveled IPA, another juicy IPA, which to be honest, if you've had one, you might as well have another because it's going to destroy your palate enough that you cannot uh, possibly taste a different thing. This one has a little more alcohol. This is 6.6%. So be wary of that if you're driving and it's 50 IBUs. Which honestly isn't particularly high on the right? IPA scale, anyway. Ooh, I like the smell on this one. Yeah, this one's a little more grippy on the uh, on the hops. Mm. Not uh, the last. I'd call one... it hop forward. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the last one was kind of like uh, like I said, like a softish blanket. This one's kind of you know, it's got some. Yeah, it dries out quick on your yeah, tongue. Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. it's really good. I think. I mean, I like both of them so. I guess my uh, my palate is pretty versed in in IPA world, but yeah, my my founders' experience is pretty much limited to like the breakfast stouts and some of their um, their little four packs. Their well, I will say packs. that to me, this is a new beer because I've never I had never seen it in the store before. Uh huh. And I do peruse the the available IPAs almost every time I go, so um, I was going with the intent of getting a Sierra Nevada a hazy. Yeah, um, and I saw this and I'm like, hey, let's try that. So, yeah, I think it's it's good. It's it's uh, it's definitely not short on hop character. It's my... juicy. It's chewy in a way where it kind of spreads out over your palate and leaves like a lingering uh, yeah brightness or maybe yeah. nice like lemoniness. Or yeah, citrus. definitely definitely citrus. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, well, let's dig in. So so this is the inaugural episode. So we want to make sure people understand who we are. We want to make sure people understand how we got together. We also want to talk about sort of why we're using um, Redefining the Geek as a title and what it means to us. So I thought we should start there. You, you know, traditionally, Chad, when we grew up, the term geek had, I would say, a negative connotation to it. It had... It had uh, an image associated with it of uh, a guy with a pocket uh, protector. Pocket protector. <laughs> I think Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were not celebrating the fact that we were nerds when we were younger. Uh, I was largely in the closet with it. I I was a huge computer nerd when I was a kid, but nobody outside of my very closest friends knew it. We would play King's Quest together on the uh, PC Junior, but we wouldn't let our friends know we were doing it outside of that. Um, huge comic book nerd, but I wasn't sharing those at school with anybody after I got out of elementary school. In elementary school, man, everybody was a comic book fan, so yeah. it was that was where I, yeah. I lived. But you know, we we had a very different appeal as a nerd, as a geek back in the '80s than we have today in 2020-21, right? I mean, it's just a completely different uh, feel. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I'm I'm right there with you. Being a geek, you know, like we kind of lived through that generation where the celebration of geekdom comes from, but it wasn't always celebrated. It yeah. was, it was kind of like, and like you said, elementary school, comic books, Dungeons and Dragons, computers, like that was kind of you know, elementary school kid type stuff, you know, and then you move on to middle school and it's. All of a sudden, people are smoking cigarettes, and you know it's girls and hormones, and then uh, you know it's it's hard to maintain your uh, your love for for that stuff at that at, at that age. But you know, I just well to be clear, uh, I was as the transition happened in middle school, I was aware of girls. Yeah, and I, I I recognized the fact that they had a different form and function. Sure, but they just didn't like it when you brought your transformers. To <laughs> they the, just didn't to recognize me. Yeah, I recognized <laughs> them. They didn't recognize me for sure. So yeah, I mean, as I transitioned into middle school, um, you know, I I had other passions that came along um, 
as I got into middle school, right? Sports was certainly one of them. I was a big football head, you know, basketball, tennis. I played a lot of sports, but I never lost these geekdom right, um, right. pieces, right? So I brought along comic books. I, I hell, I collected comic books. I've got twenty five thousand dollars in comic books sitting across the room from us. I collected them well into adulthood. Yeah. And the only reason I kind of quit it uh, collecting them is one, you have a family, so your your money priorities are different. But two, they they didn't particularly stand out as an investment anymore so i switched to the ipad and in marvel unlimited there but the fact is i love comic books still to this day and i'm 40 almost 47 yeah so i kept those same passions i've added one or two it seems like every other year to my repertoire and all i've done is expand my level of geekdom not not retracted it to new ones you know special ones that happened with with adulthood so when I look at traditional, you know, when I say, hey, traditionally we had our our uh, sort of uh, poster children for geekdom, you know, I might say that there is a Bill Gates out there, right? I mean, he's the, the founder of the computer geekdom in lots of people's minds, if, sure. if he wasn't. But, you know, certainly DOS and Windows and in what he's done in terms of even the video game industry on PC, um, th- those are all notable things. When I was a kid, there was Steve Jobs and, and Spielberg in the movies. Um, Stan Lee in the comic books, who's a a man who I greatly admire, um, and I still look to as a, uh, you know, as a sort of a flag bearer for geekdom. But those are the traditional ones. All of this world has taken a monumental leap forward, and we have new ones now. Sure, but let's frame this against the backdrop of the monumental leap forward, and these geekdoms did not exist at the time. Like we were living the base experience yeah. of. The first great science fiction movies, the first, you know, like comic book, like the what I consider the classic era of comic books, Um, you know, just all those things, video games, computers like Atari 2600. Like that was my biggest Christmas present ever, probably still to this day when my brother and I got that. But like we live that now today a kid would be like i've got like ps1 through whatever they're on now you know like yeah i will say this though the 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 joy uh so my son is 21 yeah but the joy of getting a new council for christmas yes. still exists oh man i mean it's just like and it and i think back on it we got a coleco vision one year as a family right it was a fa- it was a family gift uh-huh and it was unbelievable because the ColecoVision had an Atari adapter, so you could play Atari games oh, and Coleco games. I remember that the little yep. thing that went on the end of the yep. uh... and it was amazing. So I could play. I I had a host of both Coleco and, and Atari games. Came with two when we got it. Uh, the one I remember is Zaxxon. So we yeah. had Zaxxon on Christmas Day, and my brother and I just went. You know, full zombie mode with with the ColecoVision, but that joy still exists today. And so the geekdom to me did carry forward with the kids. It's just slightly different, right? right. They didn't experience the very first right. steps of it. But I even I would even question: Did we? I mean, like I took a class in in college of, about like science fiction, and I, we went back and watched some of the early science fiction movies, like. Frank, the original Frankenstein and the original Fahrenheit 451. And, you know, those were in black and white. And the first Frankenstein, I think, only had, I'd have to, I don't remember specifically, but I think it might only had uh, dubbing, like subtitles, subtitles, not not sound. sound. Yeah. So, so we did, you know, did we experience, I don't know, but I, but, I do think we experienced the explosion. Right, of, right. But there yeah. was no, there was no internet, like there was no, yeah. I mean, in your face, like mass marketing of it. It was just kind of like a slow. Well, you had to go find it yourself, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it did require some like commitment to the cause, right? Sure. And certainly I, I committed early. I mean, like, um, we had a comic shop here in town called The Comic Shop uh, with shop with an E on the end of it for some reason. Two P's and Two an P's E. Two P's and an E. Yep. yep. The Comic Shoppy. Yep. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I went down there and buy my comics. I had them reserve them. So like the seven or eight that I bought every month were reserved. And then I used my paper route money to buy some additional titles every every month. Is that I, guy still alive? I, you Dave know, la- Wilson? The last time I saw him, he was a convenience store guy oof 
So he would be, I mean, he would have to be in his late 60s, yeah, I would think, yeah, by now. Yeah. Dave, if you're out there, yeah. I mean, you fostered my early love of comic books, but you never really, I mean, <laughs> I, trying try to sell him anything was like. Yeah, I would yeah. say this. Uh, Dave, you supported the habit that I had, the geekdom, the, my, probably my biggest geekdom as a kid. Probably my first biggest yep. as well. Yep. Uh, you were there. You had that little dirty comic shop that had video games in the front and comics in the back. And you also were flippantly rude to everybody who spent money in there. Yes. And you did nothing to to build your business or build my loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> it was an easy cop-out when the art museum came calling with the wrecking ball to build their parking lot. I still drive by there every day on my way to work, and I see, oh, there's Hall Bicycle. I remember... Yeah. Get my tires pumped up, then I chain her up outside, and then go right into the comic shop. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I look, but I still, I mean, as, as rude as he was, didn't he I, move to a, like a strip mall or well, something? Well, he had two other couple... locations, yeah. so he moved just uh, other side a of block the south. First, he moved a block south and a block east, uh-huh. and he was in a little storefront there, kind of like there's a carpet place or something there yeah, now. Yeah. And then he moved the other side of the interstate for a while. Yeah. And maybe a year or two at the most. Yeah, that one didn't last. And then he sold to a a guy with some money and some vision who moved to where Red Wing Shoes is now. Yeah, I remember that. And yep. uh, it was there, and it was beautiful. I mean, it had a checkered floor. All the display cases were nice. It had spindle yep. displays. Um, he was a t- The guy who bought it was attentive. Like when you walked in, hey, how can I help you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, have you seen the new Spider-Man? I mean, he just was more on top of the, right. the his craft, so yeah. to speak. And I know that Dave was contracted as part of the sale to be a part of that business for a period of time. So he sat behind the counter and was still just the same ass that he was, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. You know, I'm like... 14 probably at that time right. maybe 13 yeah i was probably like 16 or 17 yeah i yeah. was that was a that was a time where i i just grew up real fast and like sports and cars <laughs> yep. and all that took over my life and yeah. i just never uh... uh so i went in there maybe three times and then uh i, I had a, a girlfriend who's now my wife who took way more interest in me than I deserved. Yeah. And so she got way more of my money and time, right? <laughs> so comics fell the wayside a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, it just amazes me when you look back on those things. Those are extremely formative pieces of my life. Yeah. And they're, they're passions that I still hold on to today. And as things move forward in time, um, certainly we've seen an explosion of the comic book world into, into cinematics. And I've loved every minute of that. I know you, you probably have a different... A little bit, you know, like you, when we talk about, we're, we're like regaling each other with these, you know, how great it was. But like, I, for me, the experience was not, it was like, I loved comics and I loved science fiction books and I loved, you know, Star Trek and, and Star Wars, I, all that stuff. But like at a certain point, middle school, high school, <laughs> no, you're, you were a, a I mean, for a lack of a better word, you were a loser if you were into that stuff. Like, yeah. people just did not care about it or, you know, like, think it was cool. And then, I don't know, somewhere over the next 20 years, the people who were stuffing me in a locker over it decided that it was the new Johnny Cash or Bacon or whatever. <laughs> like, everything that everything that hipsters ruin, that's what... That's what uh, that's what geekdom became for a little bit, like the traditional sense of what being a geek is. But that's part of why we're here um, to redefine that because it just doesn't always have to be about nerdy, yeah, yeah, science right. fiction, e stuff. Yeah, so, so let's fantasy, talk about who, who, reality. Who, yeah, who are the new? You know, if we said Stanley and Gates and Jobs and Spielberg were the old. The old guard in, in Geekdom, and some of those guys are still around doing their thing. I, I recognize that. But, you know, who are the new examples? Like, if you were to say, let's expand it. Like, I might pick I might pick uh, somebody in the brewery world. Sure. Because they're doing amazing things uh, with a, a craft that has been around for hundreds and thousands of years. Um, I would pick somebody in, I would pick, like, Elon Musk in the 
automotive space. Yeah, he's got like boring, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he's got a he's got a wide webcast. Um, it's not just sciency things. It's like actual real world application of those sciency things that translates into a lot of things that I, for my you know. What do I like for geekdom? Those are yeah. You know, I would pit, I would even say you know this one's going to catch you off guard, but I would even say we were talking about Ashton Kutcher yeah. earlier today, and I would say he falls into it because he has done so much for human rights. Yes. So I would call him. You know, if you want to geek out about human rights, which I actually do, I would call him. You know, one of the new images of of that geekdom, right? So the point is, is geekdom has changed in terms of of texture imagery form and function right it's not the same as it was in the 80s and 90s it has thankfully been celebrated at some level the word even the term geek you know which used to carry this kind of awful image with it i think um, it was uh circus performers that did like grotesque <laughs> that's right cra- the bearded lady heads off yeah, oh, yeah stuff yeah. like that yeah, yeah. It has, has now suddenly be- but it now has suddenly become a celebration of anybody who is deeply passionate about a single subject. Right? I'm a beer geek. I'm yeah. a you know, I'm a book geek. I'm a yep. whatever. Like you can geek about anything. Yep. I'm a conversion van geek right now. Yeah. Right? So yep. Yep. So, see this part part stack behind me. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So so the good news is, for those of you who are listening, we are not gonna stick to the topics of old. We are not gonna just talk about comic books. We're not gonna just talk about sci-fi. We are going to talk. We are about going to talk things. about that stuff, but, but that's not going to be where we're reserved. We're going to expand this, and we're going to go out, and we're going to explore topics that maybe are even new to you. Um, we are hoping that um, those who listen will contribute to our geekdom, and we will have to go out and learn something new. Uh, maybe even do some research on a topic that we don't know enough about, so we can talk about it here. Uh, we really want to become collaborative with our audience. So, Absolutely. And ultimately, you know, the way we get better as people is we push out of our comfort zones anyway. So that's going to be awesome. That's what we're looking for. So in terms of what falls into the geekdom, you know, we are going to say all the things that are traditional are going to fall into our geekdom. Um, you know, we are passionate about things like politics, um, economics, guns, believe it or not. I'm going to say we're passionate about food and beverage. Absolutely. We're passionate about van conversion because that's something I, I'm big into right now. And, and, and it may even impact both of our kids at some time. So, you know, these are things that uh, we know we want to talk about, but we are looking for you guys to expand our definition of geekdom as well. So, Chad, you know, as we kind of think about closing down this topic, this episode, we should probably talk about. Uh, and define ourselves a little bit better. So do you have a top three? Like if I were to say, you know, Chad is defined up to this point in his life by three geekdom topics, what would they be? Well, number one, I would say you just touched on a little bit, food and beverage. Uh, I made a career of it. Um, There's so much, I mean, we could go into subplot beyond subplot of, you know, what is... I I read a book that has like three chapters about ice for like making cocktails and making drinks and what kind of ice. There's like ice geeks and people who sell ice and people who carve and craft ice. And I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Right. But I mean, you talk about like food and beverage, cheese, wine, beer. Right now for me, it is the season for bourbon. Um, I'm on the hunt for uh, a lot of bourbons right now. There's just so many that are special and rare and like finding them is like finding a a mushroom in the forest like Mm -hmm. it's a it's uh it's it's a pretty great feeling when you just walk into your local wherever at 8 30 in the morning and there happens to be a super highly allocated super rare thing just sitting on the shelf at manufacturer suggested retail price you know and then it turns out People in the secondary market are paying hundreds or thousands of dollars for your stumble find. And then, you know, then you start looking it up and you go down the rabbit hole and you're like, what's, you know, what, what's next? And, and I and I presume there's a point where you have to make a decision. Do I want to drink this rare find or do I want to sell this rare find? So I do have uh, investment grade ones I've put in my safe. Um, and then I have found some everyday drinkers to tide me over to keep me from... Uh, 
the temptation of you know cracking mm. into a special one and i'm just like holding on to those and and we'll see you know it's uh it's it's just something cool to have like story behind it how you got it you know like crazy things happen in this world and you're you're just lucky or fortunate to come across a, a rare gem you know and i think that plays into a lot of of the other stuff um i would say another of my top three is vintage hmm. like i believe that i have a gift for timeless quality and taste and like what is something that regardless of its use or what the item was for whether it's kitchen items or housewares or any kind of antiquary or ephemera like i've got a keen eye for that and i love to i love to score stuff for pennies and flip it and maybe find some amazing piece that i want to hold on to and i want to do research on and i want to geek out about and then my other one to round out the top three power power horsepower firepower any kind of power like computing power like i want to be hip to the next you know Hmm. coolest thing like where is where is this gonna go how can we you know how can we minimize the size and maximize the output? Like that is always at the forefront. Lasers. Wow, you made guns, that. You made jets. that one. You made that one very broad. It is. I mean, but, but see, that's the thing. When you talk about that broad yeah. umbrella of geekdom, then you can attach each little. You know, like I love military aviation. Yeah. I love space exploration. Anytime. You know, the Mars rover battery is about to die and it sends out a last message that brought a tear to my eye. You know, like it's it's stuff like that. That's it's just cool. And you can geek out about pretty much anything. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to do a space one. Oh, dude. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't even we're just cut me off on that topic right yeah, now. No, that's I mean, awesome. You know, I, I didn't realize how close we are on those. I mean, again, that's one that I feel pretty passionate about, but. You know, if I were to say I have three, um, number one, I'm probably going to put comic books there. Um, It's been, you know, when I was younger and, you know, just to let the audience say, I came from a very broken, jacked up home. Comic books were my escape. They were a reason why um, I could go to my room and be content by myself. I researched very early on how to take care of comics, so I kept them in all in very good order. I still today read them and i still find them to some extent an escape from the pressures of the day i love comic books i love everything about them i love their i love the movies i can suspend my reality even for the bad ones so unlike other people i like daredevil the the original movie not the series i I like series two series was great series was great a little sad that they uh whatever contractual nonsense happened well disney plus started up so they pulled their IP back right there. And, and Punisher too. I mean, it was like, oh, oh look, dude, that was fantastic. It was sick. And the, the characters, like the guy that plays him, is just like teed perfect. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That was we. They were... understand that, two things. The directors understand the property which they are managing. Yes. And the actors understood the image that was being created. I don't know why DC can't get that because I like the DC movies and stuff, but they don't. They don't capture the same power that you get in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I got, you know, I have a, a very, for me as a kid, Marvel always went out over DC. Yeah. I mean, like, I DC was like, yeah, well, you know, kind of whatever. Um, my wife loves Wonder Woman, you know, and Superman is always going to be like Christopher Reeve to me. And mm-hmm. like those movies, the first three movies, that stuff was great. I think the problem with the DC cinematic universe versus Marvel is like DC, they're either superheroes or super evil. There's like no <laughs> no gray. There's no complexity to it. Like Hawkeye's got a family back in Iowa, bro. Yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> and all this is like yeah. you know Gal Gadot's like lassoing people up at the mall. Like right. Tony Stark has both an alcohol problem. Yes. And a narcissistic problem. They do. They bring like human <laughs> reality to yeah. these characters, and like we can this. Well, that's why that's why Batman is still interesting to me because Batman is 
a set of yeah. dichotomies, right? They, he's he's very in, much in conflict. They right? still they still have that with Batman, but the rest of the DC universe is hey, pretty much like yeah. good guy versus bad guy. It's like gonna be a bank robber or yeah. super villain spreading virus or whatever. Like I get it, but at, at some point those things get you know there's not much tread left on it, yep. and it's it's That's tough. Right. So. Yeah, it's just not very interesting to continue to be Superman being a golden image, right? Right. That's why I don't know. I think your wife has read my Injustice for All, yeah, e- uh, graphic novels. Yeah. But that's why that series is so interesting. Is it provides some depth, some interest to characters that otherwise didn't have. Sure, it, right? you want to see, you want to be able to see, like the humanity in them, like the things that make people feel the way they feel like i don't have superpowers bro i can barely get up to make it to work <laughs> like i <laughs> you know i i i need to empathize with those struggles with other people and i mean this brings up like i think we were talking about this the other day the boys on netflix yeah like that's whoo that's yeah. way there's some human qualities there yeah, and then so, just like the graphic so violence is a little too much for me but no, really, is it? Is it's it, not too does, much. Does it? Does it? it, it does it, it upset enough. your sensibilities? No, not at all. But I'm just like, okay, what is? Uh, what what part is Homelander gonna rip off of somebody next? You know, like it's like yeah. they're just. I get it. It, it, it it's comic well, it's bookie, gr- but yeah, you know. in that series, it's so gratuitous. It's almost gratuitous. Like, it's beyond. You know, yeah, it's it's sort of like a comedic yeah. uh, element to yes. the series. I think it's a great series. It's I, pretty fun. I, I I like that, and I like Umbrella Academy. Which yeah, I actually Umbrella have Academy those. Is awesome. I have some of those graphic novels as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah. That so comics is one of my top three. I'm gonna put beer. Yeah, as one of my top three right now. See, that's I under mean, my umbrella of uh, food and beverage. Food and beverage. Yeah. I'm a little. A little more specific to the niche of beer. Uh, I don't know nearly what you know about wine and, and I'd say liquor. beer, red wine, bourbon. Those are my beverage. Yep. Yep. Interests. I, I'm I'm big on beer. I my son recently turned 21. I did a I did sort of a show and tell on beer uh, with him. At, the you know, kids are still talking about it. Yep. Kids are still talking about that. They're still talking they about are. it. Yeah. I told my daughter, who's still I mean she's very young for her age, so she's only 19, but. Um, so I've got a year and a half till she turns 21, but I told her I would do something. If she right. wants to do wine, yeah. I would do wine. Yeah. My guess is she's going to want to go to the bar, and that'll be like something on the weekend for her. <laughs> but my son, because of Corona, sure. um, you know, he was kind of bound about what he could do. So I went down and, and did that for him. I love it. I like the history of it. I like the technology that goes into brewing. I like the thought process behind the ingredients that go into it. I like the different niches and, you know, in the, in the beer community. So whether you like lagers, ales, stouts, IPAs, uh, nut brown lagers, porters, which is a very interesting story. If you know the story of porters, all that is very interesting to me. So I'll put that in there. And then we are sitting here recording on my computer, uh, my sound mixer. Bro, this looks like Howard Stern's desk. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm gonna say my third, my third big one is probably technology. Yeah. You know, my by trade, I am a um, qualified CIO, CTO, CISO. I I know technology very very well, and that's the world I live in. You know, I embrace technology. Gosh, we must have seven different Amazon Echoes in our in our world, and a dozen computers and tablets and smartphones and all, you know, all these, all this technology is second nature to me. It's, it's part of the tool set that I leverage every day. So that's part of my geekdom. And I like to talk about whether it's, you know, audiophile technology or um, smartphone technology. I like to talk about it. So that would be probably my third one, but man, are there things that I'm interested in that don't fit underneath those yeah. three categories. Yeah. And those are things we'll talk about. You know, I mentioned at some point in time, I mentioned guns. I think both of us have a, yeah. a geekdom for, for firepower in terms of guns. Yeah. So we'll probably do an episode on that. We'll probably talk about, you know, both the responsible side of gun ownership, but also, you know, the geeky things like what are the, the weird or unusual firepower guns that we've, um, you know, got to got to shoot or own or in some way uh, interact with. We're going to talk about things like the the 
estate sales that you go to or the van conversion that I'm doing. We're yeah. going to talk about things that are maybe not traditional geekdom here. but Travel. It's good. Travel. Yeah. Well, that's a huge one for yeah. me. Yeah. Gosh, I don't even know why. I, that could probably make my top three, to be honest with you. Same. I mean, like... You you've traveled more more widely than I have, but I, I I like to find. Well, what what I'm impressed with you, Chad, is you understand regional travel in a way that I don't. Yeah, like you you have found the gems. What I would say within a day's drive of us. Yeah, that I have never even considered. Well, see, right? that's the thing. Like you can do that. Like and you can cast your web further and further and further, and like everything is made up of those. You know touristy stuff yeah sure like whatever i don't you can find you can find a lot of stuff on your own and make it your own you know but at the same time you can hit those big big attractions too it doesn't always have to be what a a brochure says you have to do you know make it your own yeah so we're, we're gonna have a couple episodes on travels but is oh, would yeah, be my guess for sure i would love to do and i'd like you you know to be the champion of it but do a, a local travel and here's the thing is, is I suspect whether you live in Iowa, you live in a flyover state, right. you live in Iowa, you have found things of interest that are hours away. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, sus- I suspect that that same story is transferable Everywhere. to Montana, oh, Florida, absolutely. Maine. Vermont, New Vermont, Hampshire. Yeah, New- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it. You uh, know it is. So even the process of finding and understanding what that is, I think is interesting to me. I am a big fan of travel, but I, you know... We have always thought of it in terms of maybe um, getting in a plane or a car and going a day or two away, right? Sure. So, yeah, we've been to Europe a couple times, um, Hawaii, and all over the United States. And I would love, I I could do an episode just on national parks because, man, can I geek out about national parks. They're literally the, the treasure trove that the government has provided for us as citizens. So we should... We should enjoy those. So, so, so as we get close to an hour here, and and we should start to wrap up. I, I would say, you know, we should at least talk about why this is worthy of people listening to, right? I mean, like, why would we want to put a podcast together about these things? Why is why is it we're hoping people listen to? And I, I would just say this: traditional geek culture drives our our popular culture. So when we look at what the young kids in general are interested in it's usually driven from some sort of a geekdom forefront whether it's music whether it's cinematics um, whatever's in the movie theaters uh, whether it's popular literature um, those things are are important to our kids and us plugging into that is important but i'd also say in general the larger geekdom is is the thing that pulls diverse people together right yeah sharing passion i i love I people are like, oh my god, how do you know so much? How do you know so much about this topic, X topic? I'm like, well, here's a little story that I got to tell. A situation <laughs> happened to me, and I just went down that rabbit hole, and all of a sudden, after four or five hours of research and phone calls and back and forth, I, all of a sudden, I'm a I'm an expert on a topic that I heretofore never would have had any I got perfect example I got gifted not gifted but um, my grandmother's sewing machine singer sewing machine tabletop flip up flip down like classic they sold millions of them well I didn't know what to do with it thing was beautifully ornate had all the little kits and tools and paperworks and manuals and I'm like gosh this is 1928 I got to got to do some research what does this mean and i actually connected with a group of people who literally were like i have 13 of those (laughs) like i'm you know like tell me the serial number tell me this number and i'll tell you like where it was made and what it's worth and what you know and there's so much and i'm like sewing machine like i i I wouldn't have ever known you know but that's how it goes you know i wish i would have known that because when I moved dad, my dad has Alzheimer's, so I moved him to a care center. When I did that, he had one of those in his in his house. I didn't know what to do with it, so it just went with the house. Oh, bummer. Did it have the treadle on the bottom, like, uh, so you could run it? Was it an electric? It was electric, so it didn't have a, a foot pedal on the bottom, but oh. it had a, when I say like a pedal, yeah. it had a, you put your foot down on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. well, yeah, so that's the combination one. That's the same one my grandmother 
left me and it had an electrical plug-in and then it also had the foot power version in the same model those are worth about 300 bucks oh i mean hey not not a fortune but i mean uh, sorry grandma probably never gonna sell I'm not going to sell it either. It's in a storage garage, but you know, because well, I had I known that, had I known you knew that, I would have. I would have sold it three hundred bucks in I a gave, heartbeat. I would have I would have sold it for eighty dollars in a heartbeat. I would have given you twenty five for it. <laughs> I mean, that's how. Hey, that's how it goes. A lot of stuff like that. Literally, I was at an estate sale, and there's this gigantic box of Life magazines, and the people are like, "You can have it. Just take it. Just get it out of here, so we don't have to deal with it." And I'm like. I really don't want it, you know, but they were super nice to me and they gave me some deals and I was like, I really, I didn't want to lift the thing, right? to be honest. <laughs> so I, fine, fine. I'll Thank you so much. I'll take it. Get it home, leave it at my house. Sits on the floor in the dining room for like three months. And I'm like, well, I better, st- you know, I'm going to look through and see what's in here. Lo and behold, underneath the stack of Life magazines was every Cedar Rapids Gazette and every Des Moines Register of every important significant event. historical yeah. event from like the end of World War II to like the 1980s. Moon landing, Kennedy assassination, Nixon resigns, you blah, 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 on and on and Reagan on and shot. on. Yeah. And then as I start going through the Life magazines, holy shit, they all match. There's like Life magazines that I'm literally like folding in to a mint condition newspaper and then I ended up selling the whole. I didn't want to parcel it out and mess with it. I sold the whole thing for like eighty bucks. Yeah, and it was a free here. Get it out of my garage. Yeah, and it and that's just the way it goes, you know. Because that's how the cool stuff happens, and that's how you get. That's how you get geeky. Yeah. You know, like, for sure. You know, the other thing that was in Dad's house was like twenty five years from like the early sixties to the eighties of of National Geographic. Yeah. And I tried really hard to find somebody to buy that. Nobody would. So it just went with the house. Yeah, those are National Geographic's tough outside of a few like stellar, highly sought after. Because I, same thing, my grandmother had like 1956 to like 1980, whatever Hmm. in boxes. And I don't know, thousand issues. I don't know so much, but they're so widely mass produced and everyone thought. Gosh, these are great. I'm going to take care of them and I'll pass them on mm. to posterity. But turns out, yeah, that's I mean, there the were so many things. I mean, I'll be honest, there were so many things of of what I would call interest or niche interest yeah. in my dad's house. I did bring a guy in that literally bought vanfuls yeah. of material from my dad's house. I probably would have done the same thing, but that's that's the thing. Like you have to find that geek, you know, like I I love those adventures where if you've ever seen the show American Pickers, yeah. I don't know how they find these places where they're like, "Oh, oh look. Uh, look, it's full of like $300,000 motorcycles from the 1920s." <laughs> like, oh, "I've just had them laying around." Like it's obviously made for TV, but like that situation happens where in this case it was uh, this woman's husband died and she moved into a you know a, a assisted living and she didn't want any of the stuff in her house and we told her we'd help her get rid of it mm. and we don't know what to do i'm like look out i'm coming through and that's what i did you know bye 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 the expectation of that stuff this is a whole nother topic yeah, vintage. Well, those geeking. are the things that, yeah, you know, that's one of the things is, we'll do. This is how we're geeking out, you know, like, oh, wow, look at this pile of this. I'm going to. Yep, yep. I'm going to geek. That's exactly what we, you know, we're hoping to accomplish with this. So, so you know, in terms of, in terms of kind of wrapping this up, you know, we've talked about a lot of things that we both are passionate about. We've talked about a lot of what we want to talk about in terms of, of expanding um, our horizons. Uh, but we've also talked about, you know, how other people can bring um, geekdom topics to us and we and we can grow through that. So that's what we're hoping this becomes. But ultimately, what I want this podcast to be about is creating conversations of passion that we have, that other people have, that bring people together. And we tear down um, some of the walls that have grown in this, yeah. in, you know, in this world. Like, I, I want to find... People that look sound and have different interest, you know, general interests, like 
you know, if you looked at them, you'd say, oh, they're different than me. I want to find people like that that we share common passions with. Right. Um, or we can geek out on their passions and, and maybe expand into their In world part, a little bit. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's what I'm hoping. And I, I just know that um, by talking about, you know, things like this, like geekdom topics, whether it's beer, whether it's van conversion, whether it's food and beverage, we know we can talk about these things and we can somehow bridge a divide that is between people between groups of otherwise diverse people and we can find common ground. That's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I really hope we can accomplish out of this. Chad, I assume you hope for some of the same things. Yeah, that's some big picture stuff there. Like, I mean, that's at the end of the day, like you will connect with people who you never imagined that you would just because you share or maybe you have a newfound passion or interest and you meet someone who's, so pat oh my god i can't believe you asked me about that i let me tell you you know like that's how that's how it can go and you can make you know lifelong friends you yep. can you can just share you can you can be geeks for sure so i hope those who are listening to this first episode will follow us along with our uh, whims with our whimsical way of looking at life with our different passions and our different hopes and, and they'll and they'll comment and bring things to us as well. Ultimately, I hope we find uh, a reason to keep doing this show because I think it's really, really uh, going to be fun. So, um, you know, that's how I want to close this this episode, our very first, our inaugural, our pilot episode of Redefining the Geek. But I do want to make a couple closing remarks. First, um, you can find us at redefiningthegeek at gmail dot com. So if you want to send us comments, criticisms. Stuff you want to geek out about. Stuff you want to geek out about. Really, anything that hits your mind that you want to talk to us about, send it to us there. You can also find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Redefining the Geek. Um, so we hope we'll ramp up our social game on yeah. those two things. We got um, some work to do there, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ultimately, I hope you guys um, reach out to us and, and we find ways to communicate and collaborate. All right. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next episode. Thank you. All right. See you later, geeks. Bye.